BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy last year by making investments from coast to coast. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. The headline of the day, because whether you like it or not, or even care about politics or not, it is going to start to affect your life. According to Axios, Jonathan Swan says he has three sources within the Trump camp telling him Trump is planning to announce he will run for president on November 14th. Bing, bing, bong, bong, bing, bing, bing. This is just a bad dream. I'll wake up soon. With the caveat that (laughs) if the election goes a different way than is expected on Tuesday, he might not announce or if uh, the Senate is still up in the air and you get the Georgia runoff coming up on December 6th, he would hold off because you wouldn't want to announce in that environment because, man, that Georgia election will be. Oh, if that's if that's the determining factor for who controls the Senate, that one election, oh, my God. I don't think it's going to be, so take that off the table. And hmm. the caveat of Trump could always change his mind because he's, he's that kind of guy. But that's the current plan. That's the current plan. People in his orbit have made travel plans to be with him. He's going to do a big press, not not a rally, but a press conference to announce. Not to get too heavily into this, but I find my mind whirring. Uh, I'll bet Ron DeSantis and his troops are conducting behind-the-scenes diplomacy of the sort not seen since before World War II. With the Trump people? With all people. With everybody to the right of AOC. 
building coalitions, okay. uh, contingency plans. So, okay, so just the other day there was a headline by uh, one of my favorite writers who would know saying here are there are about to be a dozen Republican candidates announced in the next couple of months they're running. So are you suggesting that there's going to be a, a, an attempt to say we got to consolidate behind one person the way the Democrats did behind Biden to stop Bernie and Elizabeth and whoever? Well, right. And DeSantis, who a lot of people don't understand, is actually brilliant. The kind of tough, plain spoken guy thing is sincere, I think, but he's also very, very smart. He understands that um, Yale lawyer, Yale Law School, one of those, Harvard or Yale yeah. Law School, I think. Yeah, one of the elite universities I despise. Um, but he uh, he understands he saw the way uh, opposition to Trump crumbled bit by bit. And and Republicans lined up behind him, even those who had bitterly, bitterly criticized him during the run up to the 2016, the, the primaries. And I think he's trying to build solid coalitions that will stand firm, saying Trump's ideas, fabulous, but it's time to move to the future. So he is building those coalitions and lining people up and making promises or spreading money around or whatever you do in big-time politics to make sure those coalitions hold together. Yeah, wouldn't they have to agree that we're okay with you being the heir apparent then? Because the Chris Christie and uh, and uh, what's-her-name-from-South-Carolina, the, 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 the chick... Uh, former ambassador. I mean, Nikki Haley. Nikki Haley. Nikki, right, right. The, you, women have names, too. That's right. No, I couldn't yeah. think of it. She have no name. She girl. Correct. <laughs> and A little uh, Borat reference there, if you need it. Mike Pence and a number of other people that are clearly going to, maybe Greg Abbott from Texas, a number of other mm-hmm. people. Well, yeah, but you you can do that. You can go to a Mike Pence and say, look, I'm going to go at it hard. I know you are, too. Um, but when the moment comes... You know, if one of us figures, all right, it's not our time or whatever, here's the way I see it, what do you think? Because, you know, that's that's the nature of politics is and these Mike people Pence know would, each other. And Mike Pence would say, well, he tried to have me hanged, so <laughs> I suppose. <laughs> if my polls don't get any better, yes, I'll line up behind you. <laughs> For instance, and again, I'm not necessarily rooting for any of this. I'm just thinking about the way a DeSantis and a Nikki Haley and a... Uh, you know, just a, a handful of other folks are, are probably approaching it. Uh, anyway, I've been holding on to this for a couple of days, and I really wanted to get to it because I think it's probably in the, your top three most important stories in the United States, and that's the state of our educational system, the indoctrination of kids, the rest of it. I believe this with all my heart. My kids are grown. I have no grandkids as yet. That's not a complaint, kids. It's just stating a fact. Um, and uh, so I'm sounding it's a little not, like a complaint. It's not. Really, it's not. Um, I'm just really, really worried about what we're doing to our children in a lot of different ways. Now, I hesitate to give any credence, any support, any respect whatsoever to Dr. Phil. It's like sending you to one of Jeffrey Dahmer's parties because he plays really good music. I mean... You're about to quote Dr. Phil? Well, I'm going to play a clip from his show. We're going to play a couple of clips from his show. He was talking to uh, Professor Nicholas Giordano... Dr. Uh, Phil. I want to make yeah. sure I heard you correctly. Okay. Yeah, right. Dr. Phil from Oprah. The, my little hat and my little shoes. What the hell does that mean? We got no Dr. Phil clips, Michael? Nothing? We got a million Dr. Phil clips. Off the, I'll have to go through the archives and pull them out. Michael's thinking, catch me outside. How about that? <laughs> You're going to yell at me. <laughs> catch me outside? How about that? What the hell does that mean? Uh, give us clip number 80, please, Michael. 
it's like the system is caving to the least and meeting these kids where they are rather than bringing them up to standard. Is that a fair assessment? That is a fair assessment. And actually it goes beyond that because you're seeing almost like a cover-up within the education system itself. I mean, basic proficiency levels on average are about 25% of the subject material when they graduate high school. Now, what they don't say is those numbers have been flat for about 30 years, yet we've been dropping standards at the same time. So if we kept the same standards in place for 30 years, the numbers would be far lower and students wouldn't even be making the basic proficiency levels. It would be lower than that. And it's, it really is devastating because these are supposed to be the future leaders, yet we don't te- treat them that way. We don't educate them that way. Well, future leaders, hell. How about just future uh, citizens that can support themselves? Right, right. How about that? I found that so powerful. Yeah, well, we, ha- we haven't seen any real increases in achievement as they've dropped the standards year after year after year. Right. Wow. Uh, there's one more. 81, Michael. Well, you say K through 12 has just collapsed. Correct. What do you mean by that? Well, I give my students a basic citizenship exam on the first day. I've been teaching political science for years, and nearly every student fails that exam. These students don't even know the very basics of American government, and yet government impacts all aspects of our lives. But it's across the board. It's in every subject we're seeing this failure. That's troubling. It is. It really is. And and that even if all those things were not true, if the opposite were true, and they were indoctrinating our kids into these radical ideologies that only a teeny tiny percent of weirdos believe in, that would be incredibly troubling. But when you have those two layers of, you know, dishonesty and and and, and perversion of what the educational system is supposed to be doing. I mean, that is something on the verge of collapse. And I don't think many Americans are aware of how bad it is. And I try very hard not to be, you know, clickbait scary. In fact, you know, uh, my thing is longtime listeners know is it's sometimes saying, I don't get it. Don't worry about that. That's just clickbait. They're just trying to whip you up or make you angry or get you to donate or get you to the polls or whatever. No drama getty, they call me. But I think there's not nearly enough drama about the state of the American education system, the public education system. Well, you hate to have to be alerted to these things by Dr. Phil, of all people. I'm in my little tie and my little shoes. Right. Right. Well, and we didn't even mention Dr. Phil. Uh, wow. the teachers' unions using kids as hostages, keeping the schools closed until they could get concessions that they wanted, damaging a generation of America's kids. I'm in you know, my keep little that tie and my little shoes. I'm in my little tie and my little shoes. That was when he was talking to drunk Lindsay Lohan's hot mom, right? Correct. You yeah. know as well as I do that you will be drunk tonight. <laughs> Yes. Is is he talking to me? <laughs> yes, Lindsay Lohan's mom, who was drunk while she was doing the interview, and the exploitive P.T. Barnum Phil was uh, yes. like, just had her on to like embarrass her. You sit there in your little tie and your little shoes, she said. What? I'm in my little tie and my little shoes. What the hell does that mean? <laughs> anyway, if you're worried about... How what? have I never heard that... To- uh, you're going to be drunk tonight, clip before Michael. <laughs> I tell you what, Friday night, I'm not arguing, Dr. Phil. <laughs> you know as well as I do that you will be drunk tonight. <laughs> 
Oh, that's so good. So I guess, so if you're worried about what they're teaching your kids in school, the good news is they're not teaching them anything. Oh, jeez. <laughs> well, except they are. They're teaching them little boys are little girls, and you should ask people their pronouns. I've got some great analysis on how insidious that is. Seems innocent, doesn't it? It's not. Maybe we'll go big on that Monday. Yeah, well, we talked about this years ago. It, I don't know if it was happening everywhere, but years ago when California lowered the test or made the tests easier to get out of high school to mm-hmm. increase the graduation rates. So that In was the, the name of equity. So that was the answer to, geez, we only have half of people that are graduating high school. Well, let's make the tests easier. Oh, okay, that seems like a good idea. We've seen a 20% increase in the number of high school seniors who graduate. This is a great moment for education in California. You'd have to be Jeez. a moron yourself to think that that's a good thing. I know. I know. It's astounding. Well, apparently but people are that. only dimly aware of what their government is up to, including their public schools. But we've done that at all kinds of levels all across the country. Just lowered the standards until you get the uh, the, the numbers you want. You know, if I do win that uh, dang old lottery uh, there for the one point whatever billion dollars, I, I, I would really be tempted to pour, you know, like 600 million, which would leave me another 600. Well, although you get like half of it after taxes and all. Never mind. So anyway, I put hundreds of millions of dollars. Into And these schools exist already, like the John Adams Academy is a wonderful program. There are several of them. They would be private schools that teach core curriculum, teach honest love of this country. No need to wallpaper over history. Let's talk about the sins and how we've worked to overcome them. I think that stuff is great. But not teach hatred of the country, not teach the the queer theory garbage that people are being taught. Um, and and one of the keys to the money was, uh, whether through corporate sponsors or private donors or whatever, folks who, quote-unquote, couldn't afford private school, there would be a spot in, in, in the Joe Getty Academy for you folks. Because I just, I hurt, my heart hurts for the kids and for my country. I would love nothing better than that, but I'm not that rich. So if you win the Powerball, you're going to have to try to help children. I plan to buy a... Lamborghini and get really tan. But, you know, everybody's got their own <laughs> things that they want to do. Is lack of cash holding you back from your desired level of tanness at this point? Or how's the math work there? I don't know. I'm too poor to lay out in the sun. <laughs> it's a billion and a half drawing tomorrow. Can't win Ooh. if you don't play. Uh, you got a 50 50 chance of win. That's my favorite joke this week. 50 50 <laughs> chance. You either win or you don't. So. That's 50 yep. 50. Uh, plenty more on the way. Stay here. Powerball. Yes. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. So Astros up 3-2 in the World Series. Do you know when the next game is? The- uh, I think it's a travel day today. Uh, uh, correct. Quote me. Alex, it is thank correct. You. Thank so you, tomorrow Alex. then? Saturday? Uh, correct. All right. All right. Cool. Saturday night, uh, maybe deciding game of the World Series. I might catch that. Then Sunday game seven, clearly. Huh? I think. Correct. Oh, the right. cheating Astros will win it tomorrow night. Oh, boy. That's unfair. 
So I was just texting uh, during the commercial break. Oh, the fabulous Lon He Chen coming up in a couple of minutes, by the way. Terrific commentator on uh, all things political, policy-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, we got to ask him about the big yes? announcement that Trump's running, I suppose. Oh, no, we don't. <laughs> no, we don't. <laughs> Texting with my uh, soon-to-be next-door neighbor, uh, since Judy and I moved into our new place, uh, gosh, more than a year and a half ago, um, they've been building next door, and this poor son of a gun, is, his house is so far beyond schedule, behind schedule, because just the building boom, the housing boom, the rest of it, and he's supposed to move in today, I'm leaving to, uh, to head to, to work. And there he is, and I can tell by his body language, and it's early in the morning, that something is wrong. So I said, hey, what's going on? Blah, 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 blah. It's moving day now. He says, I showed up and there's a puddle of water in the kitchen. Oh, man. And my son's bathroom is right above the kitchen. I went up to the bathroom and there's water there. It's coming from above there. So he's got like a a three-story, because I think it may be something in the attic or whatever. He's got a three-story leak in his brand-new house on moving day. And his kitchen ceiling is falling apart because it had so much standing water on it. Yeah, and uh, I actually had the mold experience, that the dreaded mold experience that you hear about. You do not want that to ever happen to you. That is freaking awful and oh, ungodly expensive. expensive oh, and yeah. you have like giant chunks of your house uh, plasticed off for, for months at a time. Oh, it's horrible. Yeah, I don't know how your red states like Texas handles that, but in like, like Cal Unicornio where every worker is protected to the nth degree, it's the, the protocols you have to go through to get rid of the mold. It's like you got, you know, an alien autopsy going on or oh, something yeah. like yeah, that. It's, in, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, yeah, just nuts. Anyway, I hope things are better with him. Anyway, where was I? Ah, yes. I found this so interesting. The L.A. Times with a report on how the Mexican mafia makes money in L.A. County jails. And they're talking about this gang member. He's talking to his, his woman. And uh, and he says he hoped a judge wouldn't release him before he's sent to the county's main lockup downtown in L.A. And I'm going to tell the judge, F you, keep me adding that he'd spit in the judge's face if he had to to make sure he was kept in custody. Then he complained about the nasty macaroni he'd been fed in jail. I should stop eating that stuff because I'm going to have to take a... It's a coarse word for a poop, Jack. Um, And to the authorities investigating the drug... (laughs) There's no need to go there. Uh, And to authorities investigating the drug drug trade in jails, his words made sense. He had uh, two grams of heroin, seven grams of methamphetamine up him. Ooh. And he didn't want to disrupt that, either through a lenient judge or upset stomach until he got into the L.A. County Jail. Suitcasing, as they call it. That's one of the many charming terms for that particular uh, method of smuggling. There's another one uh, scheme called the Kitty. Inmates are allowed to buy snacks, toiletries, and clothes at the jail's commissary. For every $7 that a Latino gang member spends, he must contribute a buck and a half worth of the items to a collection or a kitty, which the gang then sells for profit. Wow. So they tax. Dollar fifty on $7, that's a pretty stiff tax rate. Well, it is California, so people are used to high taxes. Wow, that's something. And it's such a profitable enterprise, guys don't want to get released early. Yeah, Trump's going to announce he's running. We're going to talk to a political expert a bunch of, about a bunch of different stuff. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey guys, it's Steve Covino from Covino and Rich here to tell you the national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new Toyota truck like a rugged half-ton Tundra. Workhorse by nature, powerhouse by design, the Tundra combines raw capability with premium comfort and advanced tech to fuel your wildest adventures. And with the available iForce Max Hybrid powertrain, you can take electrifying horsepower farther than ever before. Or check out the fully redesigned Tacoma delivering trail-dominating power and captivating style. The new Tacoma was born to make your off-roading dreams come true. And with the new available tech, this legendary truck is getting even better. When you buy a Toyota truck... You buy Toyota dependability, meaning your truck will hold this value long into the future. So visit your local Toyota dealer. Check out the amazing national sales event deals when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. Serious reporter, Jonathan Swan Axios, says he has three sources inside the Trump camp. Say Trump's going to announce he's running for president on November 14th, barring some weird uh, outcome of the election uh, coming up on Tuesday. So Trump is running. Good Lord. Buckle up. Speaking of politics, what a pleasure it is to talk to Lon He Chen. He's a candidate for California State Controller, a fellow at the Hoover Institution, Director of Domestic Policy Studies at Stanford University. This is his day job. Lon He, welcome. How are you? Happy Friday. Good to be with you both. Yeah, we don't want to spend our valuable time with you on uh, just this topic, obviously, and there'll be plenty of time to discuss it. But first thoughts when you hear that Trump is running? Uh, I don't think it should be surprising. I think it's something he's talked about doing. Uh, the, the, the 2024 campaign is going to be very interesting because fundamentally it's going to be, in, in my mind, a question of do you want uh, you know, two politicians of the past, right? You have people who are in their 70s, I think, late 70s, or do you want you know, a fresh vision? And I think both parties are going to have to struggle with that question because you know, it's very hard if, if President Biden decides to run for reelection, which you know, who knows if he does or not. That's going to be you know, sort of very difficult for people in his party then to turn around and say, well, we want to go with someone else. It's very hard to turn out an incumbent president in that way. 
Uh, and then on the flip side, Republicans have to ask the question, do they want the past or do they want something new? So it's going to be a fascinating contest. Both sides are going to have to deal with those generational questions, as well as questions of whether the politics of the past or the politics of the future are what they want. All right. Uh, we, uh, as Jack said, have plenty of time to talk about that in the days and weeks to come. God help us. Um, I, I happen to come across a couple of articles uh, today, Lonnie, that, that dealt with California, but these are universal questions. They have to do with programs, in this case, uh, dealing with homelessness, in which there are various auditors, like in Oakland or in the state, saying, hey, psst, we spent a tremendous amount of money on this program, and the percentage of people that actually helped is very, very low. And this is, I think this is a huge topic that doesn't get discussed nearly enough. How does accountability for money spent work in government, and how should it work? Boy, that's a great question. Right now, I don't know that it does, quite honestly. I think the problem you have is that you've got certain people who occasionally decide that they want to demonstrate accountability when an election comes near. And so they go and they, you know, maybe run an audit or they answer a few questions and they try and make it seem as though they're being responsive to taxpayers. There doesn't tend to be a unified function in many places. Now, California, which is obviously the state where I am and where I'm running for state controller, that is the job of the state controller. The state controller is supposed to be the head audit official for the state and is supposed to consolidate and, and really give to taxpayers consolidated as well as unified information on how state spending is being applied to address these various challenges. Homelessness is a great example. You know, we really struggle with that in California. We've seen the problem get a lot worse over the last couple of years, and it's certainly not for a lack of spending. We've spent, you know, somewhere between 10 and $20 billion over the last couple of years on homelessness, only to see that problem get worse. Now, occasionally we get a glimpse at how bad this spending is because the city of Los Angeles will produce a report, for example, that shows that a cost of construction per unit of housing per homeless individual is $800,000. Right. And, and everybody says, and holy crap, how is that possible? Right. Yeah, that's shocking, right? And then you'll hear the city of Oakland say something and the city of San Francisco say something. And really that responsibility needs to fall to a single official or a- at least you know one or two officials in the state to be identifying where the money is going, but more importantly, to be talking about the efficacy or lack thereof of that spending. So accountability is not just a buzzword. It shouldn't just be a buzzword. People need right. to live that out on a daily basis, given how much money and in taxes we spend in many of our states, as well as at the federal level. Well, and it's astounding and horrifying that while business and every responsible family spends a lot of time virtually every day thinking about, all right, what are we spending money on and what are we getting for it? The fact that government seems to be excused completely from asking those questions. I mean, if you could somehow, as an expert in public policy, whether in California or the United States, Get that idea to take hold. I mean, my God, I'd, I'd be in favor of a Nobel Prize for you and an Olympic gold medal and maybe form a religion around you. A Grammy? A Grammy, certainly, because <laughs> the fact that that's missing from public conversation is shocking. Yeah, and uh, it, it is thrown around as a buzzword, and I think there's never really any activity taken to move the ball forward in terms of how do we actually advance that kind of accountability. I mean, you know, many states have this this idea of, you know, you can go online and you can see the state's checkbook, for example. Uh, I was talking to a couple of state auditors the other day about the best practices that they apply in their states. And they say, listen, you know, we want to be as transparent as possible. Obviously, not all states do this. California doesn't do this. Um, you can't go online and see where your money is being spent. 
And that would be like, you know, if the bank just decided to wake up one day, the bank, wherever you bank, and they said, you know, we're not, we're not going to show you your transactions. You're just going to have to trust us that it's being spent in the way you say it's being spent. That's hmm. essentially what these states like California are asking us to do. And I think at some point people have it. You know, they, they just, that taxpayers say enough is enough, and they say, you know, we want accountability. I, I hope that that enough is enough comes Tuesday when we have our election. But I also know that this is a long-term project. This is a long-term effort to try and bring accountability and responsibility and, and fiscal uh, thoughtfulness to what we're doing because we cannot keep throwing good money after bad and not solving problems. Uh, we just can't keep doing it. How do, how do you break out of the conundrum of if a government program gets started and doesn't mm-hmm. work, the answer always seems to be to throw more money at it, which doesn't happen in the private world, obviously. Yeah, and it's this is always this is something that I find maddening is when I hear, for example, Governor Gavin Newsom talk about uh, issues in California, and he says, "Well, we're doing great. We're spending more money," and it's like, "No, no, no, no! You don't understand. The measure of success is not whether you spend more money. The measure of success is are you solving the problem? If you think about this, you know, I've, I've met with a bunch of small business owners over the last several months, and they all say the same thing, which is if we're going to invest a certain amount of money in something, whether it's new a new piece of equipment or a new employee or whatever it is, we're going to want to make sure we're investing in them and seeing what our return on investment is, training, new equipment, et cetera. And, and everybody does this, right? It's just a basic concept. But in government, nobody ever stops to say, hey, maybe we should be looking at what our return on invested capital has been. Does it make sense for us to keep spending on programs that are hugely inefficient and effective that don't solve the problem? I think we would all agree that if you had a program that was actually working, sure, spend money on it. Let's make sure we're doubling down on things that work. But mm-hmm. nobody ever stops and says, hey, is this working or not, right? And so uh, I just want to bring a, a different mindset, and I think there are others around the country who want this as well. Hey, let's just bring a, a mindset to the job of, is this working or not? And if it's working, great. If it's not, knock it off. Oh, amen to that. Lon He Chen with the Hoover Institution, Stanford University, running for a state controller in California. Hey, are you willing to say, Lon He, uh, what states you think do well on these things? Good transparency, good accountability? Yeah, you know, several years ago, the state of Idaho, uh, excuse me, yeah, Idaho is one of them. I was going to mention Ohio first, but both Ohio and Idaho are good examples. Uh, in, in Ohio, many years ago, a guy named Josh Mandel, the former state treasurer who went on to run for a couple different offices, when he was treasurer, he put in place a lot of accountability practices as well as transparency uh, portals and transparency kind of tools that have been very, very helpful in maintaining accountability in that state. Idaho is a much smaller state, obviously, but they have a similar mindset and have really applied technology well. Uh, in fact, I talked to a technology provider a few days ago who is working with the state of Idaho and a few other states around the country, smaller states to be sure, but states around the country to bring to bear kind of these best transparency practices. For example, once a government expenditure happens, it gets posted within 72 hours. Um, Great idea, right? It's our money. And once you spend it, let us know within 72 hours. And then that prevents the kinds of shenanigans that you get where billions and billions of dollars go out the door like we had in in California and, and unfortunately many other states nationally $116 billion in unemployment insurance fraud during COVID, $30 billion of it in California. That wouldn't have happened if we had a 72-hour rule. People would have seen, hey, why is Scott Peterson getting a check? Why is Diane Feinstein getting a check? This is kind of weird. 
Like wow. these are the sorts of things, basic, this is like, like I, I'm not, this is not rocket science, right? This is not, doesn't require a PhD in molecular physics to figure out how to do this. <laughs> this is very basic. Let's just get it done. And the reason why these guys don't do it, the reason why these guys and gals like to keep people in the dark is because they, they thrive off of being the ones to hold the information. So then they can say, no, 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 we need to spend more money because I have the information and you don't. And, and you know, that's just not the way this should work. Uh, are you buying a Powerball ticket? <laughs> <laughs> I, I actually have bought a couple Powerball tickets over the last couple of months, but to no one's surprised I have not been successful. Okay. So you can mm. do math. So that's good for your position. <laughs> In theory. Because it's unlikely that, uh, you know. Um, uh, and uh, you're the only Republican in memory that all of these major liberal newspapers have endorsed. So clearly, you should run for governor. Would you like to announce that now? Or are you going to wait until you're done no. being controller? Believe me. Believe me. I am, I am so focused on trying to get this over the finish line on Tuesday that I can't even, I can't even think about what I'm going to have for breakfast. But today. you're not I ruling know, honestly, it out. We're just... <laughs> I'm so doing the whole thing. No. No, no, no. No, clearly, clearly, he's angling for the presidency, Jack. It's... I'll tell you something. That's right. I'm, I'm, I'm actually running to be global monarch. There you uh, go. That. Beautiful. Aim, aim high, Lonnie. Lonnie Chen, candidate for California State Controller. It's always stimulating. Thanks for the chat. Hey, thanks, guys. You got it. So, as you heard, he didn't say no. Um, <laughs> somebody texted us this. DeSantis said this morning he will not run if Trump gets in. Okay, I thought, well, that's huge. Uh, I looked, uh, I can't find that anywhere. So thank you, Texture, for feeding me something that's not true. But uh, I didn't come I across that. I thought I heard that, that a while back. I just Googled it. He didn't say it today, which is right. what this text says. But uh, huh. um, uh, there is, because that would be, a, that would be, that would actually be a bigger deal than I think Trump announcing. If DeSantis said, I'm out, then that's wow. that's huge. Oh, boy. if that happened. But I can't I can't find anywhere that that happened. Now, Vanity Fair says GOP insiders are starting to doubt Ron DeSantis would actually take on Trump. That was yesterday. Wow. So my uh, vision of him scrambling behind the scenes to build coalitions and contingency plans and stuff like that not happening. Allegedly, he's just out. I think everybody makes the wrong calculation on that. I think Obama's the only person who made the right calculation on that in my recent memory of these sorts of things. No, no, I'm not going to wait my turn. I'm not going to wait until, I mean, because he could have, well, Hillary, of course, she'll get the nomination. Now's not the time. I'll wait until, no, you're hot. Go now. Chris Christie yeah. made that mistake. Lots of people make that mistake. Yeah. I think, I think DeSantis would be making a mistake, but nobody's listening to me. No, indeed. <laughs> Um, we got plenty of other stuff to talk about that doesn't have anything to do with these things. What was that? What was one of the other things I wanted to bring up? Uh, I know it was good. It was really good. Let's see. That's depressing. That's, uh, that's depressing. That's makes me sad. Oh, how about this theater <laughs> troupe in England? Uh, re- re- recreating Romeo and Juliet as a non-binary love story. There you go. <laughs> there you go. This is the uplifting thing you're going to do? Oh, and there's, there's more to it than that. All right. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll dig up other stuff. We promise it's on the way. Armstrong and Getty. Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. 
Jobs like updating turbines at one of our Indiana wind farms and producing more oil and gas with fewer operational emissions in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new SUV, like an adventure-ready RAV4. Available with all-wheel drive, your new RAV4 is built for performance on any terrain, from the road to the trails. And with plenty of passenger and cargo space, plus available tech like wireless charging, you and your entire crew can stay connected. Or check out a stylish and comfortable Highlander with three spacious rows of seating for up to eight passengers. And with available features like the panoramic moon roof, you can sit back and enjoy the wide-open views with your whole family. Plus, both RAV4s and Highlanders are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and save on gas. So visit your local Toyota dealer and check out amazing national sales event deals on RAVs, Highlanders, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Toyota, let's go places. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only, Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Ukraine still claiming gains. Thursday, destroying several boats in Hershon port and Wednesday destroying a Russian surface-to-air missile system, often used to hit Ukrainian civilians in nearby Mykolaiv in the Black Sea too. Russia appears on the back foot as grain shipments resumed following Putin's reversal of his refusal this past weekend to cooperate with the UN-brokered deal citing new guarantees from Ukraine. So that's Nick Robertson, CNN, and he goes on to talk about the coming battle in Kherson, or how am I supposed to say it? Kherson, I think. Kherson? Kherson. Somebody told me that Kherson is the way Russians pronounce it. Don't Don't do that, because that's giving it to the Russians. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Anyway, I don't know if that's right. Mm -hmm. What do I know? Here we go. Hershon is so important to Putin. It's going to be a huge embarrassment if and when he loses it. Quite simply, it's a, it's a capital of one of the four provinces he illegally annexed and now claims to be part of, the, part of Russia. If he loses it, that's going to look very bad on him. 
Коротко о ситуации в городе. Almost no large armored vehicles in the city during the day, he says, and all the military checkpoints in the city are gone. Yeah, so that was interesting. The people of Kursan woke up to find the Russian flag was no longer on top of the government building. The checkpoints they'd been going through since February were gone. The tanks were gone. Where did the Russians hmm. go? Are they pulling out and abandoning it because they think they're going to get their asses kicked? Are they, who, is it a, a, you know, a feint of some sort? Uh, who knows what's going on? Yeah, why don't we play the next clip, 67, because I think the guy speaks to it. It's a Ukrainian official. What Russia is planning, not clear. Ukrainian officials fear deception. We see it and realize that these may be certain tricks, military maneuvers to build correct defenses as they see it. Nevertheless, we see that in Kherson there are still regular units wearing civilian clothes. And that's why my favorite analysts say we're in the most dangerous part of the war, because if Kursan does fall, which everybody's expecting it to do, then it's then it's then it's the big deal. The Alamo, it's Crimea and Russia ain't going to give that up. And Mm. does Ukraine push forward? Do we help them? Whatever. But that could be happening tomorrow or a month from now or nobody knows. Well, I tell you what, if I'm Volodymyr Zelensky, I, I hit the weights, I grab my tightest T-shirt, and I practice my eloquence. Because if Trump announces there's going to be no air in the room to talk about Ukraine anymore in the, the silly, silly American media. That's a decent point, because I was talking about how hard it has been for me to find any news other than midterm elections on any of my shows that I like, because they mm-hmm. pushed Ukraine clear off the show. And yeah, right, if Trump announces it'll be the same. Also, Marjorie Taylor Greene, who's just one member of the House, but she's at a rally today because she's a big fundraiser and stuff like that, uh, Republican. She announced, Republicans win, no more money for Ukraine, and the crowd cheered. So I don't know how big that contingent is. It's a minority, but it's out there. Wow. Wow. Yeah, I'll hold my tongue. Moving along, the uh, uh, we gave you the review a week or so ago of the new version of Oklahoma that's making the rounds around the country. Right. Um, and it's uh, all about reckoning with uh, America's Western past and those who were damaged by cowboys and horses and Surrey's with the fringe on top and, and the pa- coming to terms with our unholy history or something. And the patriarchy and marriage and stuff like that. And, and the white hetero supremacy and what it's... I thought it was about which cowboy a cute girl would choose. Anyway, um, no, it's not about that anymore. Well, taking the absurd a step further is this theater troupe in England that decided to go full woke and turn Romeo and Juliet into a non-binary romance story, where they retell the classic story of a gender non-conforming person falling in love with a gender-fluid young person. And I'm not sure who's who, um, but I'll get to the punchline. Uh, so... <laughs> I love this commentary. Uh, however, since it's the year 2022, these wacky lefties decided to add a new twist to the story. Since World War II is the only part of history anyone on the left is even somewhat familiar with, they decided it would be cool to make Romeo a Nazi and Juliet a Jew. What? And somehow this failed. <laughs> but listen to this. 
This is from The Telegraph. A production of Romeo and Juliet for non-binary performers, with Juliet reimagined as a persecuted Jew and uh, Romeo as a member of the Hitler Youth, has become embroiled in a row over its failure to include Jewish people in a casting call. The call did not include, include any request for Jewish performers to join the cast set in the Third Reich, and the, public, the company has publicly apologized for the omission. They didn't get into controversy because they decided to butcher Shakespeare by androgenizing a classic or for making the pro- protagonist in the play literally a Nazi. No, the problem was they didn't have enough non-Jewish people, or they had too many non-Jewish people playing Jews. And this is my favorite punchline if you're a fan of theater. In a related note, every community theater production of Fiddler on the Roof is now canceled. Oh, boy. Oy vey. <laughs> it's non-binary Nazis making love and sword fighting over who will be in love with who in Nazi Germany. <laughs> so spend your weekend catching up on hours of the Armstrong and Getty show if you missed any this week. Armstrong and Getty On Demand is the podcast. Armstrong and Getty On Demand. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Farm to store in days, not weeks. That's 80 Acres Farms. Did you know most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate? But not 80 Acres Farms. Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's zero need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity.